Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to It's Become a Whole Thing, a podcast that takes a highbrow look at the lowbrow trash we love. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and each week we'll tap into the cultural zeitgeist by looking at the best and worst moments of TV history. Because here, we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose. And how are you, my sweet trolls? How you doing? I am coming in this week. I'm doing good, uh, but I'm so self-conscious because I realize that I think I have a slightly different voice for my monologue than I do for my episodes. And I realize that thought, but I don't know what to do with it because even that awareness, it doesn't change it. It just makes me hyper aware of it you know like you know how you have like a way you speak on zoom meetings at work and it's slightly different from how you talk with your closest friends like i don't know i don't know um maybe this is something that no one noticed and now you guys will notice because i brought it to your attention so i should probably just move on um i am going to get right into the topic at hand because it's a huge one it's actually a listener requested episode you guys have been asking for a Scientology episode for a long time because we like to talk cults around here, and this is one of the biggest and wildest. Um, I'm going to throw a content warning on for basically most of the episode. Um, if you've heard anything about Scientology, you know that they're up to all kinds of unsavory things from their beginning to present day. So abuse, just everything that comes with it, it's it's all there. So just that's a heads up. Um, before I get into it, I would love if you rated the podcast because numbers are really great for my feelings of self-worth. Um, if you're my therapist, I mean, I hope you're not listening right now. Um, but if you're not my therapist, then you should rate the podcast. So that I'll feel just a little little sparkle of joy. And it supports the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> it's because, okay. Um, on the Patreon, we continue to bring you hard-hitting journalism. 
uh, in the form of me and Sammy V recounting the pop culture news roundup of the week. And we have a Discord server now. Uh, I had to go full Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind in order to set it up. I don't know why they make it uh, weirdly complicated to set up. Uh, it's not complicated for you guys if you want to be part of it. You'll be joined automatically if you join the Patreon. Um, and ultimately, I found it's really just like Slack, but fun and not work. Um, as soon as I set it up, the folks in it requested a pet channel and it's just like i don't know it's so, it's freaking adorable um there's that and all different other channels for different things that we've been chatting and checking in about um so yeah that's about it so without further ado let's get into today's episode okay hello and welcome back to the podcast i'm here in the studio today with sammy p how are you uh, I'm good. How are you? Uh, yeah, good. I- I'm good. No, I am. Am I? Oh, well, you didn't make it convincing. But right now I'm just like filled with the juice of this culty documentary. Like it got me. It's juicy. And that juice went into me sort of like a disembodied alien spirit. Some might say. Yeah, Zenu <laughs> is with us today. Oh, he's here, baby. He's here, mama. In the house. (laughs) The spirit aliens are within our bodies. We will get to that. Yeah, actually, we need to just get right into it. Um, first though, before we get into the topic at hand today, um, I just want to extend some sympathy and empathy to non-Bravo fans. Um, it's just a hard time for them right now. And and I don't think people are talking about that enough. Um, you know, there's a lot. Uh, going on in the bravo sphere but imagine how tired they must be the people Mm -hmm. that are not engaged don't want to engage yet can't log on to any part of the internet not one corner of al gore's internet is devoid of like you know bravo yeah i know it's been it's been written up in the new york times it's in rolling stone it has crossed over the ariana and sandoval mess and raquel um and it must be hard. I, I'm seeing a lot of people saying they're willing to do the work. They're willing to go back and start in season one. And I applaud them to anyone who says I'm above this. I'm not going to get involved in it. Uh, it must be tough. It must be tough. And as much as we've been saying for years on air that Vanderpump Rules is a treatment for depression and you should be taking medical advice from us, we understand like there's a, just a lot of TV out there. Um, and if this is not like yeah. something you want to engage with like it's okay yeah yeah and to the people taking it too far fuck off like to the people who are saying weird shit online and threatening people and like making this a weird thing and like getting way too emotionally involved like i get it we've all been traumatized but like you're ruining this for us yeah to the people asking for people to get fired for cheating i'm like what do you want your tv to, to be what what do you want of your reality tv do you want a functional healthy bunch of relationships that are calm and quiet like yeah. obviously we want that in our personal lives but then like what are we tuning into what are we we've lost the plot yeah and i understand that people are exhausted and everyone might need a break from this um for a little while while we let things percolate we let things develop we let things play out we let cameras film for yeah. people who don't need a break we have hours of commentary on the patreon about it yeah hours of content 
Absolutely. And I'm always ready to do another three hours at the at the yeah. drop of a hat. Like me and our friends were standing around in my kitchen the other day and we got so worked up about how Raquel must be feeling suicidal that we're like, you know what? I would welcome her here. I would welcome her into my home and I would stand with her while the world hates her, while she tries to heal and look at herself and ask herself, how did I get here? Okay. How could I do this? <laughs> Yes. Um, I want to like, I want to put a pin in this because I know I can feel myself like being pulled away. I'm going to get yeah, carried yeah, away. No. We got to stay tight. Yeah. We got to do, I was going to say a tight hour. That's probably not going to happen today because of the monolith of a topic, but um, I will just one more thing is that, you know, because we are like the elderly millennial depressed hype house, we put out nonstop content. So the Patreon also has us just recapping pop culture news. We're on all sides we're covering yeah everything it's like 24 7 unafraid <laughs> yeah to reference or not reference to take an unpopular opinion unafraid. to be huge hypocrites change our mind at the drop of a hat like we stand with ourselves <laughs> we are our biggest fans i am actually not even kidding okay i need to <laughs> whew. um okay we're going to get into the topic today. Um, there has been requests to cover Scientology for a long time, um, mm -hmm. long before the rewatch episode. And it's such a huge topic that could be just its fully own podcast that we didn't really know where and how. But then now with this format of covering specific shows and documentaries, it's perfect because we get to cover the content from a Scientology documentary. That's what we're going to cover today. It covers a lot. We were just talking off mic about how we could basically just air the whole documentary to you for this podcast. It could just be two hours of just us hitting play and be like, wow, that's crazy. Wow. Um, but we are going to summarize it for you guys as concisely as we can. Yeah. Um, and it's on YouTube and it is well worth a watch. But yeah. if you've already seen it or just want the tea, at 50% dilution, we're, we're here. I would say... 50% like, concentration. Yeah, it's we're enhanced. It. It's boiled down. Or it's boiled down, but then it's also enhanced in being... Yeah, we're okay. making it into jam. Yes. Yes. We're making marmalade out of this Scientology mm -hmm. documentary. Um, okay. I'm going to quickly just situate us in time. The film that we're covering today, Going Clear, Scientology and the Prison of Belief, came out... March 29th, 2015. And I think this is an important reference that the top songs at the time, number one, we were being terrorized by Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars. Um, <laughs> really one of the most, the worst things to come of 2015. Um, and the other two top songs of that week were Trap Queen by Fetty Wap and Blank Space by Taylor Swift, her ode to PR relationships. Um, and speaking of PR relationships, that was one of her more interesting ones. That was also in the week that she debuted her relationship with Calvin Harris. Um, and Zayn left One Direction. So wow. a lot happening. 2015. Yeah, it was kind of a nothing year, but 2016 was a great year for some reason. And I've seen that opinion tossed around a lot online, too. It's like, man, Drake had just dropped views. Like, we were vibing. <laughs> Musically, it was a good year. I think you need to clarify that. Musically. Well, for me, it was a good year. Wasn't that the year Trump was elected? 
November of 2016, right? Yeah, so we're talking like the summer before was lit. Okay, the summer before musically specifically was good. <laughs> yeah, like November, December, those are two months. Like, but the other months of 2016 were really good for me personally, and I think a lot of other people. But anyway, yeah, it was the last time we ever got Rihanna's new music, and the last time we ever will. Yeah, and the world before Trump, like your last taste. Yeah. Your last breath of fresh air. Yeah. Um, but speaking of a bunch of clowns, let's talk about this religion slash cult. And uh, basically born of one man's desire to make large amounts of money and avoid paying taxes. Mm-hmm. L. Ron Hubbard. The documentary itself was based off of the book Going Clear of the same name. Um, and they interview a ton of different people that were formerly involved i don't even know whether to call it the church or the cult of scientology it's a full-blown cult well i mean i think it's a cult but i'm saying like in the documentary they they call it the church of scientology maybe to just be i don't know it's it is one of the most culty cults it is like the god of cults it is the king it is the most fucked up cult (laughs) yeah no absolutely but that's one of the reasons one of the many reasons why we're so fascinated by cults is because in this case, to me, it's very clear it's a cult, but it's often a very murky line. And that comes into play in this documentary of, is it a religion or is it a cult? How do you define that? And based on how you define it, it's going to be treated very differently in the eyes of the law and the court of public opinion. So mm-hmm. I'm going to henceforth refer to it as the cult of Scientology because it is very much that. But yeah, like the film starts with um paul haggis who was a scientologist for 30 years saying uh if you give them all your money they can make anything happen and that's really that's the premise that's like the thesis statement and coming from the guy who won an oscar for crash like he really knows what the fuck he's talking about because he needed xenu on his side for that only xenu and like our naive (laughs) society could have celebrated crash the way we did But that's a whole story for another day. Um, But like some of the first people we're introduced to is Paul. Didn't know he was from London, Ontario. Love that fun fact. Um, We hear from Jason, an actor and another longtime Scientologist. And Spanky, a really sweet longtime Scientologist and PR consultant who I just like loved in this documentary. Like, Yeah. So Spanky... um, I love the nickname. Gosh, um, she signed a billion year contract with the Sea Org right when she turned 18, which is a tough contract to get yourself into at such a young age. Yeah. And we'll talk more about the Sea Org. But like, yeah, our billion year contract. <laughs> we can give an overview. It's basically like a fucked up Peace Corps meets work camp where you're paid six cents an hour to do hard labor. What, um, in what aspect is it a Peace Corps? Because that would imply it's on a boat. <laughs> I'm saying a fucked up Peace Corps because they were like, we're going all around the world. We're here to like, we're changing the world. We're like going to improve it. We're spreading the word. We're looking for buried treasure. We've got stuff on the go. <laughs> yeah. This whole documentary is, and the whole cult is fueled by tax evasion. So the boat and the sea organization was started in the first place because Elron Ron Hubbard was like, ooh, they're trying to get me to pay taxes. Let's take to the open waters. Yeah. He was in hiding, partially very, on a boat. Very much in hiding. And then some of the first images we're treated to in the documentary are John Travolta saying joy is the operative concept of Scientology. Probably my favorite concept of Scientology is uh, a world without criminality, 
a world without war, and a world without insanity. And I know of no other group that uh, their goals are that clear. Look, I don't, you, you, you name me another philosophy, religion, or technology that one of its main goals, besides the three I mentioned uh, earlier, where joy is the operative concept. We've got Tom Cruise up there saying on stage, what do you say, guys? Want to clean this place up? And he means Earth. <laughs> I was obsessed with that. He's so serious and so, like, intense, you know, in his focus. And, like, he's just, like, the perfect little Scientologist. Um, he is. And he, like, he's scamming people and they're scamming him the whole time. Oh, definitely. It made me question Tom Cruise's intelligence more than I ever have. Poor Tom. Like, he's just a really intense guy who got wrapped up in something that consumed not, him. Not poor Tom. Like, he has I know, he has but been I involved. do feel- but he kind of reminded me of Derek Zoolander in this movie where it's like he's fully being just brainwashed and like sent on these like kill missions. And he's like, yeah, no, I can't. I can't with you repeating Kate Maloney's Zoolander. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm influenced. I eat, sleep and breathe Vanderpump Rules right now. I can't. I didn't even realize that that's why I thought of that metaphor. <laughs> Um, coming back let's get into um lrh himself Ron hubbard okay before we do i just want to say on the note of these celebrities this documentary really seemed to be the turning point of when they could still talk openly about how much they loved scientology yeah generally i think it was always something that people were kind of looking at suspiciously and there was troubles that followed it but i think you could say like yeah this has helped me a ton in my life in my past with my trauma and it was pretty much fine and then this really was a turning point moment yeah it's been a very boom and bust kind of religion like it was huge in the 50s then it was like disgraced in the like 70s and 80s when they were getting their necks stepped on by the irs and the press and then when they finally fucking won the war with the irs they were in their like it girl era they were like we're a church we're a religion you bitches are just jealous you wish you could be us um and then they went into their extreme flop era after this documentary which is now what we're still in like if you're still a scientologist like the level of like shame that is surrounding you like you are ostracized from society like it is it's sad yeah they've had many cycles between their slay era and their flop era yes <laughs> <laughs> um but speaking of flops so Elron hubbard gets his start as a pulp fiction sci-fi writer who actually holds the record for most books published period okay <laughs> over a thousand I had to say, so they said he won the world record for most books published. Um, and then they said he would be dripping sweat on his typewriter. And I was like, wait a minute. Once I heard that sentence, I was like, how much cocaine was this man doing? So then I went down this whole rabbit hole, which I just I need to side line on. It led me down two rabbit holes. So on one hand, this guy was railing all kinds of uppers and furiously tip-tapping away on his little typewriter, um, writing all kinds of nonsense, but some of it, I guess, rose to the top. Uh, If you write a thousand books, like some of them are probably going to be okay. Um, But I was like, how alleged is his drug use? And it is fully in court, in an affidavit, uh, his children saying, like, 
under oath, I, you know, I have personal knowledge that he used many illegal drugs, including amphetamines, barbiturates, hallucinogens, uh, cocaine, peyote, mescaline, like the court documents um, of one of their lawsuits read like fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Um, and <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like, you know, driving down the Vegas strip doing ether. Um, but this is such a classic cult move where the leader is, you know, huge hypocrite. And at the same time, they've always preached against drugs of any kind, from illegal drugs to aspirin. Um, and All the while, he's just zooted beyond belief. <laughs> zooted and booted. He is off his fucking rocker. Of course he thought he invented a religion. Like, give a man the enough coke and a typewriter and... <laughs> Mama. The creation myth makes a whole lot more sense now. Like a combo of fucking mescaline, hallucinogens, uppers and downers is really what you need to get in that sweet spot of, okay. well, I don't know okay. if we should bury the lead or what, but like. Yeah, yeah. But that's underpinning this whole thing. But at the same time, he got so off his face at one time that he was starting to lose his shit. And he asked the Veterans Association for a psychiatric evaluation, which I know. one of their big things is that they're against psychiatrics. But so up until present day, they have this organization called Foundation for a Drug-Free World. This organization is in high schools currently preaching against drug use. And it's all funded and created and written by Scientologists. And I'm going to play actually some brief clips from some of their propaganda because it's like very 90s. Like Shelly wanted me to do crack and said that that was the only way to be cool at this school. They said method helped me get through my exams. They said sniffing glue was no big deal. It's wild, but it's still currently on all kinds of high school's websites that I found. Oh my God. So that was a little side note that I needed to take us on. And I'm going to put another little dark side note on that, too, where it's like, OK, if he's begging the Veterans Association for psychiatric help, and this was well into his Scientology years, um, imagine if they had helped him. Like, imagine if he had gotten the grippy sock vacation and maybe, you know, sobered up a bit, like what could have been avoided like early on. And like if the U.S. Army had treated their veterans with the proper mental health assistance like we wouldn't have at least 25 serial killers as well like a lot of ex-police officers and ex-army vets become serial killers and do all kinds of fucked up harm because of their trauma from combat and that's all <laughs> i'm wow. disappointed by them ignoring his letter and they really could have spared us a lot of fucking bullshit in the world wow that's that's a powerful statement <laughs> <laughs> also a powerful statement was in the documentary how they casually mentioned that he accidentally shelled a Mexican island and was relieved of duty when he was in the army. They said it so in passing. I know. Like he bragged about like having sunk multiple Japanese subs in the war. He said he like survived for weeks on a raft blind and deaf <laughs> like a war hero, but he has a 900 page like documentation of shame in the army where he blew up one log in Oregon, accidentally shelled a Mexican island, blew up multiple coral reefs for no reason until the army had to fire him, <laughs> leave him of his command. 
quietly let him go they're like hey one island too many buddy like we mm, <laughs> we don't want to lead with that it's like one is an accident but two is like a pattern you know <laughs> so embarrassing oh it my is. god well also what's embarrassing is that I mean, I don't know how much trauma he incurred from the war. I don't know how much he was just, like, in a little command station because he said that he incurred, like, horrible injuries and was cured by Scientology practices later on. But it turns out, like, from his medical records, all he had was mild arthritis and conjunctivitis from the war. (laughs) Yeah, so he was maybe eating ass. That and dealt with the consequences. Like, guys, if Scientology and eye drops can clear up this guy's pink eye, like, what? What can't it do? Yeah, yeah. And you know, he got a little achy, so he, yeah, all those days at sea. Well, up I think logs. he got a little achy from just pushing the detonator button over and over. It yeah, sounds like they said he he ran through all of his like bombs after like one of the three days or something. <laughs> Oh, man. Big loser energy. So he gets his start in religions by joining the OTO, or Ordo Templi Orientis, a black magic sex cult headed up by a moon scientist named Jack Parsons. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just so crazy. And they were following the teachings of a famous, I think, Satanist named Alistair Crowley, who was like this big sex magic guy in England. So anyway, this was like a subcult in America. Um, And they would do rituals in Pasadena at a Pasadena mansion, which I feel like a lot of dark shit goes on in Pasadena. But anyway. Well, all we have as a reference point is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for that. So I think that's what you're (laughs) talking about. Not all. I also listened to this really fucked up Oprah book club podcast about this like family that did all these weird satanic rituals there is something to the connection between hollywood and satanic cults like i'm not saying they were really conjuring satan i'm not saying they were really conjuring satan but i'm saying there was a fad where a lot of people were doing weird sex rituals in the name of satan and including lrh yeah okay well that i'm not saying there's a real satan and he came but like i'm saying they were like doing weird stuff and they were trying to impregnate a woman with the antichrist that's what lrh was his goal okay i'm not saying it happened (laughs) if you give people enough drugs money and time they will get up to weird shit yeah so jack is having sex with this hot actress trying to get her pregnant with the antichrist and jack's girlfriend sarah is like over it so she gets with lrh and they run away together um huge mistake hubbard he's then 35 years old he threatens to kill himself if this 22 year old girl doesn't marry him so she does and speaking of coked out monsters she tells a horrifying story of her waking up to him pistol whipping her in the head while she's sleeping because she was smiling in her sleep and he said she must have been thinking about another man and he said like i will kill you if you try to leave me um and they end up having one one child and she says that all the time he would rant about how the only real way to make real money is to have a religion and fuck i mean he was right about that like he wanted to be tax exempt so bad and i guess it's his karma that the religion he created did get rich and become tax exempt but after he was already dead and buried yeah (sighs) 
karma that's a whole other story for these folks like yeah so then he writes dianetics yeah the modern science of mental health quite a byline (laughs) yeah a new york times smash success which like this is what i always come back to with any conversations about cults is that there's always a basis in truth there's always like if you're talking about human nature and you're not completely like tin hatted out you will speak to some truth of human nature like they're talking about bringing up something traumatic and observe exactly what happens so it loses its power in an abstract way that's similar to like cognitive behavioral therapy or buddhism like there's a lot of just you know observing these things that is proven by science that it can help process well I'm going to agree with you because I actually think auditing and the e-meter is sort of a deranged, weaponized form of EMDR. Like, I think they're extremely similar. Like, you hold the little things, you walk back through a memory as many times as you need to, to take away the emotional response to it until you can just observe it. And that's legitimate trauma therapy. And it works. And But you have to be the practitioner has to have the right intention and to protect the person doing it. And they weaponized it and used it as blackmail. Yeah. You and I have both done EMDR therapy. And for me, I can say it was the most powerful form of therapy I've done. It was incredibly helpful um, Mm -hmm. for processing trauma, but that's completely unaffiliated with Scientology. But yeah, it does feel like I see what you're saying out. Like you're hooked up essentially to this jacked up lie detector with a bunch of pseudoscience but they are getting you to talk about your traumas and yeah also for a lot of these people like we know that men are so resistant to therapy like for most of them out there i don't know what it would take for them to go to therapy but most of them it's just a non-option so for a lot of them too like this is the one and only thing that would get them to talk about their feelings (laughs) <laughs> yeah it, when they explained like what the e-meter does it kind of seemed like nobody knows what it does but it does something like it has like an electrical current and they say it detects the mass of your thoughts and like the little like reader goes up when you're having like a big thought <laughs> but they were also saying like it sounds also like a heart monitor in some ways where they're getting you to talk about something difficult that happened and then the meter goes off and then they're like okay say it again say it again and right. i could see a case where if you're talking about something difficult and you're just like they're making you repeat it over and over it just starts to yeah. lose its meaning and then they're like oh the meter is going down you're processing it out sure i didn't know that it was or they didn't say that it was like a blood pressure or like heart rate monitor of any kind i but something similar to that or maybe it's made up we don't yeah. really know <laughs> i mean i don't know if it's actually like the you know mechanical specific mechanisms of it but it sounded like some sort of heart monitor type of thing it looks like that at least it looks like something that works and people believe it and that's all that matters for them um but then they started getting into the realm of like walking you back further than you could remember and then like they're like well what do you see in your mind and they gave an example of this guy being like a barn you're like open the door and he's like I'm in an 18th century Western. <laughs> and they were like, well, that's your past life memory, buddy. So like implanting, making people believe that these false memories are past life recollections or these images you may have, like sort of really creating and expanding memories and then telling people that it's real and charging people a lot of money for it. 
Yeah, because if if you sit with yourself and your thoughts long enough, really weird stuff is going to come up. And it just, like, this is not the e-meter reading, but they were talking about another method where they had you sit with your eyes closed across from someone and you both have your eyes closed and you're having this conversation about your traumas and the guy being interviewed was like, yeah, I started to have an out-of-body experience. Like, yeah, because that's a really strange thing. Like, it reminded me of my times at the Silent Meditation Center. I'm like, those were the craziest drug trips of my life and I was dead sober. But yeah, you know, we don't Mm -hmm. sit in silence or sit in these situations a lot. It doesn't actually take that much for the human mind to move into a very out-of-body kind of psychedelic place. Yeah. And in 1950, LRH was charging people 500 bucks a person, which would be over $6,000 today to do one session with him and implant these false memories. And his wife was like, not happy with this. She was like, you're hoodwinking people. Like, and she wrote that it took him like one second to start believing he was God. Once he had like a few sycophants around him telling him like he was helping them. He was just like, instantly jumped to like god status in his own mind which is such a classic the piles of drugs and like that plus like one or two people being like yeah this sounds like a good idea he's like got it (laughs) Mm -hmm. running with this yeah so this is when he like forms the concept of going clear which is like if you've worked through every traumatic memory you've ever had and therefore kind of erased your unconscious mind and you're just operating in a conscious state you're like clear and alert and like healed. And he said that your IQ would go up. You would never get sick again. And your eyesight would improve. Yeah. And, and most religions have some version of this. Of either like you go to heaven or you reach enlightenment or something. Like if you've mm-hmm. done enough work, good things are going to happen to you either in this lifetime or the next. Mm-hmm. And he was like writing the American Psychiatric Society and trying to get them to like take on his belief system fully and just like become proponents of Scientology but they just like ignored him and he was like it's just because they have a vested interest in keeping people sick well not and in the 1960s not that the American Psychiatric Institute was that much more (laughs) credible they're like true they're like the sin of homosexuality (laughs) gotta get it out of ya they're like enough vibrators and like sea air will cure like any woman's hysteria and like they're like guys should we stop should we stop giving people opium and doing lobotomies this the like mental institutions of the time were like so horrendous but like some of the woman cures i would be into yeah vibrators and drugs of course and i would love to be just like sent away to like a seaside resort just for some alone time with me and my girls my other troubled girls like that would be really fun but aside from that he was afraid of himself getting put into an institution like as he was like descending into paranoia and getting weirder and weirder and his wife is like please get help and instead he fucking kidnaps their baby and goes to cuba abandons their baby to the care of people who kept her in a cage would call his wife and be like i killed our baby and chopped her up into little pieces and scattered her in the river and then he'd call back and be like just kidding and kidnap the baby and can't take care of the baby yeah don't kidnap what you can't care for (laughs) don't kidnap but eventually he went back home and somehow he got him to divorce her and give her custody like he did steal all of her money but like thank god like she got out yeah that one wife anyway he ended up remarrying and then she went to prison for him which sucks but yeah which just it really it tells you everything you need to know about the person that he was who founded this cult 
exactly he's no godlike figure he's a drugged out tyrant yeah mm-hmm. and around this time dianetics was falling out of favor it was dropping off the new york times bestseller list so he repackaged it as a religion and dianetics was one of the texts of it he's like well this is already written and people kind of liked it at one point so this will just be like our sacred text of this much bigger pyramid scheme yeah he just starts adding higher levels and higher levels that cost more and more and more and just expands it into different courses and like tries finding all these other ways to make money and he first tries getting religious status and tax exemption in 1967 and the irs is like fuck off like (laughs) they're like you're obviously using church profits for your own benefit um and that's when he fled the country uh, and spent the rest of his life in hiding and he enters his uh pirate era at this time on this busted ass ship with the sea org where he's just chilling and making up pretend galaxies in the sky while his minions swab the deck Swab the deck with like a toothbrush scrubbing away at, at grime, like really uh, menial labor, but in a way that is always unnecessarily cruel. And when people piss him off, he literally makes them walk the plank. They are dropped overboard into a 35 foot drop into the ocean. I can't believe nobody died. And he calls his punishments ethics. And that is very Nexium, where a lot of the like sadistic, twisted shit that Ranieri would do were because of what he called ethical breaches and you would have to have like a an equal punishment to make up for like this horrible thing that you did which was never anything bad and then it was just an excuse for them to be like sadistic oh yes and so around the same time that he's running this crazy pirate operation they are out in la recruiting celebrities they're getting people well they they called it getting high without drugs and they made it sexy and fun they created the celebrity center to draw in celebrities this is when we start to have john travolta paying attention but also like some big names they had priscilla presley at one point stopping by leonard cohen grateful Mm -hmm. dead members like people were like hey this is kind of groovy and obviously (laughs) they're not leading with the scrubbing with your toothbrush or xenu like they're not telling it that's the whole thing they're not telling anyone about this Mm-mm. Even in the first they, couple years of being involved or the first couple thousand dollars, they know at least enough to wait to tell you that stuff. Yeah, they snatch up Travolta in 1975 when he's a struggling actor. They call him troubled, which I feel like is the first hint towards his like secret sexuality, perhaps maybe more. Maybe he had even more going on, but he has inner struggles, turmoil, and he needs help. So Spanky, our girl and our number one recruiter, um, just becomes besties with him. And they're just like having their Carrie and Stanford moment. They're so close. He's at her wedding when she gets married. He starts booking every commercial he auditions for. He books Welcome Back Cotter. And he credits everything to Scientology. He's like, I never would have had the confidence. I never would have had the connections. Um, And he starts fearing that all of his success is because of Scientology. And if he leaves, it'll all go away. And they're just gassing him up. They're like, yeah, of course it's because of us. And it's like, oh, this guy who was insecure, suddenly you boosted his ego and he's a conventionally attractive guy. And they're like, how is it possible that he's booking all these gigs? It's like, okay. Yeah. And he's booking like, commercials nothing that a band-aid commercial and like his first sitcom but like he's on up and up uh clearly and so then we meet sarah who's one of the few to achieve scientology's highest ranking of ot8 
And Spanky says that she was told these people can move objects with their mind, <laughs> um, which unfortunately is not true, but that would be sick. Um, Paul Haggis says that at OT3, that's when they bust out the secret materials handwritten by Hubbard in the classic madman scribbles. This is the juicy stuff. Which makes me think of Mormonism with John Smith writing things in the magic hat. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I think of Scientology as um, Mormonism meets uh, Nexium. Like, it's got the, like, galactic planet overlord shit of Mormonism meets the, like, self-help levels of Nexium. Anyway. And some American dude being like, I'm going to add an addendum right now. Just kidding. I mean, yeah. God told me this. Yes, yes. Do you want to give the tea of the creation myth? Uh, sure. Yeah, I can I can get into it. Um, well, <laughs> the creation myth. So it, this is, yeah, once you're in the secret club, which we're going to bring you up to speed in case you haven't read about this or back in the day saw the South Park episode that <laughs> revealed all of this. I remember that's how I learned about it. I think this was like early 2000s uh, South Park. But so... 75 million years ago, there was an alien civilization that looked very much like 1950s America. And it was obviously controlled by the supreme leader, Xenu. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just bad Pulp Fiction. But anyhow, the, the tyrannical overlord had many of his people flown to a prison planet, which was Earth. Which, yeah, I mean, I wonder all well, the time, is this another reality's hell or what but anyhow so wait wait hold on first he called them to his office for tax audits oh yeah instead he froze them <laughs> boxed them up he was so haunted by the irs that he just wrote into his <laughs> fictitious work he's like everyone dealt with taxes like all the time <laughs> even a million years ago um okay so when these people were flown to the prison planet. Their bodies were frozen and dropped from space planes into volcanoes. And then hydrogen bombs <laughs> were exploded on top of each volcano and the spirits from these. As if the volcano wasn't enough, like, let's just make sure these people are blown the fuck up. Blasted <laughs> cosmically, literally in every sense. <laughs> like, like, yeah, no trace left. Okay, so we're not, we're not taking any chances here. So <laughs> hydrogen bombs were exploded on top of each volcano and the spirits from the slaughtered aliens floated freely and started <laughs> leaping inside of our human bodies becoming like our souls or like attached to us they jump inside us as we're newborn human babies and listen you could get one soul you could get three hundred thousand alien thetans okay yeah yeah that's what these spirits are known as thetans and they're just like little they're little leeches they just latch onto your soul um and they're blamed by scientology for all of our fears and all of our neuroses um but don't worry there's a solution Scientology will cleanse you of this for the low, low price of your whole life savings, um, your whole life and your sanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, LRH was thinking that he was also riddled with Thetans and he even asked his friend to blow him up one time. Like he was but like, you know what? Blow me up. I need these Thetans out. But his friend was like, I'm not going to blow you up. This guy's like, is this a test? Like, am I? I'm seriously <laughs> I, is this like something where like if I say yes like I get killed no I just have to say okay at this point like this is something where another like thing that we always come back to with cults is anyone could get roped into them and we're laughing at the absurdity of it but like we have talked 
at length about the wild beliefs that we have been sucked into in our own lives. You and me, Sammy, like not Scientology, mm-hmm. but like just as crazy as Xenu shit. Like, and it's like, all it takes is for someone to be vulnerable. Like these people are not dumb that are getting roped into us. They're vulnerable and being preyed upon by people that are very good at manipulating people. And mm-hmm. it's just like any situation of abuse where they don't roll this out on day one. Like they roll this out when no. you're already cut off from your family. You're already so mind warped and you're just susceptible to to these things. Or you're like, well, there's nothing left of my old life to go back to. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we said, you're you're on level like 200 by the time they roll this out and you're already thousands of dollars in debt and like it yes you're very much into the sunken cost fallacy at that point but yeah um so at this juncture in the mid 80s we first get to meet mini hitler in his fake ass military uniform just strutting his tiny body across that massive nazi stage david miscavige Damn, he girl. announces lrh is dead um and is just like he's achieved the highest level of Scientology and don't worry, it's all good. He's left his body. Um, there's no plan for succession. Ronnie did not make a will. He frames it as a positive thing. Like he's like, basically he's done all of his spiritual work. He's ascended. And that's something yeah. I've seen with a couple of new age spiritual leaders where they're like, your mind can cure any illness. And then they like get fatally ill at a young age. They're like, actually I'm, my soul is just done its mission. Like mm-hmm. okay, choose one. Right. Yeah. So I just think it's crazy that that Hubbard didn't name a successor before he died. Maybe he thought he would never die. I don't know. But I think, yeah, that's the all roads lead back to him in his little coke den being like, I'm right. going to live forever. I don't know. In I mean, my he mind, died at 74, which is like he lived a long life, um, I guess. which I'm surprised by for his for his <laughs> the shit he got up to. But yeah. Um, I just, I guess it, it's just not outlandish for me to think that someone who put themselves in a godlike position had all this grandiose thinking was like, oh yeah, right. I'm going to live to be 110. Right. Or just thought everything would end when he ended. Um, so anyway, Miskovich grabs power, strong arms his way into being the next great leader, starts replacing all the senior leadership to be like his friends. Um, and that's when we meet Tom and Marty, two of the top lieutenants of that time, um, and Mike Granger, who was the spokesperson for the church for many years. Um, and they are all like, no, this guy was fucking crazy. He was abusive and paranoid. He liked me for whatever reason. Um, and the FBI and the press start really coming for Scientology around this time. Yeah, they are closing in on them. And normally, like, no one messes with the IRS. Like, the IRS is out there putting Martha Stewart in prison. Or maybe that was, no, that was for insider trading. That was a different thing. But, like, they are putting Teresa Judice in prison. You know, they're not messing yeah. around here. Um, So, but no. they're closing in on Scientology. And then Scientology's like, okay, we're going to close in on you. So thousands yes. of them start suing the IRS. So first, they turn on the press. Like, the reporters are starting to talk about like people are coming forward that have left the church and being like, they abused me. They beat me. They kept me in a cage. They stalked me for years. They like all kinds of horrific shit. And so first they come for the press and Miskovich gets his goons to like harass reporters, poisons their dogs, frames people. And just, they find out they had a conference and they're like taxpayers dollars funded this conference where they're eating lavishly. And like, it's like craft services. (laughs) 
you know yeah they that's like a classic political pr move is if you can get access to your enemies um like receipts if you can find out what they're charging the taxpayer on their dime like that is gold because no one wants to hear that public officials are charging the taxpayer anything like yeah they don't, they don't want to have... know that there's a bar bill at all if the bar bill was 15 dollars, they'd be mad. yeah they don't want anyone toasting champagne on their no, dime uh, it looks horrible so that was easy to come for the irs they're like the irs is getting drunk on your dime they start supporting joe taxpayer and their little feuds with the irs they just start creating this pr machine that the irs is fucked and of course it is everyone hates the irs so they're able to like start winning this war yeah and basically the irs and scientology go into negotiations and what's at stake is basically is scientology a religion because that's the big question because once they decide you're a religion you're protected by the first amendment you're exempted from paying taxes and it's so funny because i i hadn't fully thought out why religions are so exempt from paying taxes but the documentary stated it's because they're supposed to be doing good in the world i was like oh yeah I guess in theory, sure, that I, okay. Um, But this shocked me. Scientology won. They were exempt from taxes. And L. Ron Hubbard's books became sacred texts that the sale of them was also exempt from taxes. Yeah. Yeah. And it it only took 2,500 lawsuits against the IRS and individual workers to make them back out on a bill they had a tax bill of a billion dollars in the mid 80s and all of their assets if they had liquidated them would have only been 250 million so should i should i start like a much more ethical religion to get my book tax exempt like that's something to think about i mean something to ask simon and schuster actually simon and schuster don't listen to this <laughs> just never you mind <laughs> um no but like okay in all seriousness like they get exempt from taxes and they're supposed to be doing public good and the public good they do is real estate <laughs> like they bought like gorgeous historical buildings across the world um they just have an empire of real estate but like it's crazy how the irs alone decides what is a religion and what is not in the u.s it's actually like sickly funny like that they would it's so terrifying accountants tax auditors to determine what is a religion when they're completely unable to like make that distinction like their two areas of expertise could literally not be more different like does the irs have theologians no, on staff not at all well no but who determines this is it it can't be literally just no yes it is it's just the people that work for the irs it's just like the managers the accountants the highest level of leadership at the irs is who decides and that is the only distinction that matters like to any religion born in the united states because they determine if you are or you aren't in the yeah. most like official way and this is one of the just the few cases of someone making the irs their bitch like normally the irs does that they're feared by everyone oh, yes they make everyone their bitch criminals innocent people like me just not not american irs but like the cra has come for me for just being late with something like well, Sammy, that's, that's yeah you gotta follow the rules well i mean yeah 
I I'm just saying they're unforgiving of mistakes. They're extremely frightening. Like they they could just give us a bill of what we owe and we could pay it, but they make it as hard as possible. <laughs> oh my god. I actually haven't lived in British Columbia for two years and I just got a letter in the mail saying, Oh, the Canadian government just realized that we overpaid you like two or three years ago <gasps> and you need to pay it back. Shut I was like up. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> like do you know how broke I am? And you're nickel and diming me for like 300 bucks or some shit? No, thousands of dollars. They said the government overpaid me by $2,000 and I have to now pay it back from over two years ago. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Ugh, there's worse things, but this was a heavy hit this week. Anyway, I shouldn't be getting <laughs> I just make it no, it's, like- it's, but it's so real like they've caused pain for so many regular people but then they're jerking off david miscavige they even did a funny photo shoot together to celebrate this just like glad handing each other the church of scientology and the irs like and they played the the like slideshow of them like doing their silly pics at the like weird nazi like conference they do <laughs> with the waving of the flags and the like Anyway, that was insane. That was absolutely insane. So once they have their tax exemption, Miscavige just starts leaning on the members for more and more money to build up their coffers. And at this point, they have at least $1.5 billion in the bank instead of almost that amount in owing. And they're paying their workers six cents an hour. (laughs) God. There are lawsuits um, against them from workers saying that they have abusive labor practices that are then dismissed, saying that that is religious expression and it's protected. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. God. So they're just like living high on the hog, and they got their golden boy, Tom Cruise, in the palm of their hand. Everything's going great with Tom Cruise. He's repping for Scientology, and then a wrench gets thrown in it in the name of Nicole Kidman. <laughs> they're like, fuck, we have this A lister whose dad is a psychiatrist, our biggest number one enemy, <laughs> psychiatry. Um, what are we going to do? Well, 
put a wiretap in her home, try to turn her adopted children against each other and try to get Tom Cruise to divorce Nicole. And okay, I know that you say I referenced the movie The Truman Show too much, but like they really did create a very Truman Show like scenario with Tom where like they had everyone smiling when he came around they tried to split him and his wife up and cast a new girlfriend for him and i don't know how much of this he was ever aware of or is to this day even yeah i mean he definitely uses the church's connections to help like audition girlfriends and he has auditioned many like he's not a normal guy he's not living like a normal life he knows that but like i mean he thinks david miscavige is his best friend they go skydiving together. They like, you know, they shake each other's hands really, really hard for long <laughs> periods of time. Yeah. Um, he like fired his one girlfriend because they said she had a migraine so bad she misunderstood David Miscavige at a dinner. And he was like, get the fuck out of my house, bitch. I never want to see you again. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't yeah. disrespect my friend like that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It really it feels like another lifetime where tom cruise was just universally celebrated because it was happening alongside all the scientology stuff he was like a fairly normal guy in interviews at least and then it went from that to like couch jumping everyone's like wait what is what yeah he started to lose it towards the end of the nicole era and then was at his craziest during his like katie holmes era it's so seared in my memory him holding her hands behind her back and like shoving her out onto the stage i know everyone was like laughing but it was terrifying to me at the time and still uh, yeah his behavior got scary and scary do you remember him on matt lauer being like you're glib matt you're glib yeah do you yeah do you understand how the mind works do you know what psychiatry is do you know what they're doing like okay there's so much that doesn't make sense about scientology one of the wildest things is back to this whole C organization they are encouraging members to get abortions they're like basically if you get pregnant this is an issue for us this is like this is no good and this is just a liability meanwhile they're like oh you have a headache like that's the devil like and they're also <laughs> they're basically saying mental illness is completely made up and you need to suck it up um if you get pregnant, however, and you're working for us, that's a medical liability. You need to deal with that and remove it immediately. Like, well, I couldn't believe the story that Spanky told about her experience in the rehabilitation project force, the prison camp. No. Like, she says she criticized them for not providing sick leave to her boss. And then they're like, get to the prison camp, bitch. And she worked hard labor, 30 hours on, three hours off, eight table scraps. And to get that three hours of rest, she had to sleep on soaking wet mattresses on the roof of the building. Yeah. And that because she only had three hours to sleep, she would go to sleep. And meanwhile, they had her baby being held in a different part of the ship being mistreated. They separated her and her 10-month baby and put him in the cadet org, which was worse conditions than when Ron's daughter was kept in a cage. Okay. She was also pregnant with her second child and they kept making her work like this. And then one day they pull her out and they're like, you have to call John Travolta and arrange a private screening of Saturday Night Fever. And she's like, well, I ghosted him for months because I've been here in jail and he's mad at me. And they're like, well, you have to make this happen. So a guard watches her make this phone call 
And he's like, girl, where you been? Like, I'll give you my my movie if you have dinner with me afterwards and we can hang out. And then they make her cancel on him last minute. And he was like, this is fucked up. Get your life together and stop letting them abuse you. And she says that that was her like turning point moment. So she walked into the cadet org and she says, all the kids are sick. Her baby is in a urine soaked crib, burning up with fever. And his eyes were crusted shut and had fruit flies on the kid's body. Like, I've never heard of such a thing in my life. Yeah. So then she has to make up a lie that she's calling the doctor. She calls Travolta's assistant and gives her address and is like, come pick me up. And then she has to lie again to say she got permission to take the baby to a doctor's appointment. She then waits for her friend to drive up, has to jump in the car, and they speed away holding the baby while a bodyguard chases them. That is insane. And Travolta doesn't leave after this. Yeah, Travolta stays put. Yeah, that's his big test, and he stays Mm -hmm. true. Like, speaking of people falling from grace in the public eye, like, this is happening alongside him getting creepier and creepier out in public. I mean, yeah, like, the rumors were bad. I remember, like, it was, like, he's, like, grabbing at masseuses. He's, like, you know, being inappropriate. Well, also because we've seen him the way he currently looks and acts for so long that I I kind of forgot how young and handsome and charming he was. Like, I was so into Greece as a kid, which (laughs) maybe was... I don't know, yeah. probably from too young of an age, like was watching Greece and like loving it. But for me, all I'd remembered before watching this was him being like, let me get the wickedly talented Adele Dazeem <laughs> and like fondling Scarlett Johansson on stage at oh award shows. God. That's what I remember. And so seeing him like young and slick and I was like, oh, yeah, he was that person for a long time. Yeah. And he was really beloved. And like, he seems like like he was besties with his wife like i hate the rumors about the handsiness and inappropriate behavior we've seen it i know i know i know i know you're right touching scarlett johansson's like stomach on public stage i know i know i know it was crazy and i believe anyone who has allegations against him and i don't know the full details i only remember like dick grabbing but i could be wrong could be more it could be less i don't know but um yeah, he, he also yeah. has people that, that love him and clearly he loved this friend and he had his chance to like get out and like have her back, you know, and it's it's really sad. But then they talk about how they like had a special blackmail folder for him and they terrorized him by being yeah. like, we will say every weird thing you've ever done. Like, yeah, and we will expose you like he, yeah. you know, he's very scared of being outed. Clearly. Yeah, we don't have time today to get into all the many, many rumors and blinds and everything that no. have surrounded John Travolta for years. But yeah, that is an important point that in this whole e-meter reading, they're taking notes. They're writing down everything. Oh, yeah. They're like, confess your crimes. It's always crimes, it's not like confess your sins. I think that maybe sounds too Catholic for them. They're like, confess your crimes. And so they have all the dirt on you. It, that is where it also made me think of Nexium. Yeah, like their spokesman was saying how he would be tasked to create black PR packages for people, like just like bombs that they could drop in a second to the media that would just destroy their reputation in like one day. And uh, yeah, that shit's scary for sure. Yeah, their manipulation tactics range from horrific crimes, like the ones we've detailed, to just also just very strange. Like they had... Um, people in the sea organization playing musical chairs to bohemian rhapsody and they're like basically like the person who loses 
gets oh yeah gets kicked out of the organization and so they're just like these adults like pushing and shoving each other playing musical chairs and then at the end the guy who loses they're like actually mm, you can stay but only if you confess more of your crimes and it's like what like it's yeah. so it's like whimsically bizarre to horrifying yeah. and terrifying they like made people do sessions until they went psychotic like they're just yeah. like you've got more aliens than you you've got more get them out where are they <laughs> like all kinds of weird shit like oh my god yeah classic interrogation techniques mm-hmm. it doesn't take that much to drive people mad i know that's what i'm realizing <laughs> oh i've been realizing Ugh. it ever since lord of the flies like yeah like i hated most of the books they made us read in high school but I remember Lord of the Flies. I was like, oh, my God, this is in all of us. Like, we're just like one plane crash away from like just out with spears, like all trying to like lose our minds and like stab each other. I really yeah. believe that. Okay, so, yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, one plane crash. Yeah, that's a lot, though. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> that's not what this is about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> OK, I, I want to talk a bit about um reception to the documentary so uh no surprise Scientology was not happy about this documentary when they found out that this was coming out they put out a full page ad in the New York Times and Los Angeles Times to denounce the documentary and at the time like the director was like publicly he said that he was happy about it um because it attracted a lot of publicity to it um but the head of HBO documentary films, um, Sheila Nevins, was like, well, (laughs) she's like, you know, documentaries don't get full page ads. um, And when they do, they do really well. Basically, they were like, we're on to something or they wouldn't be so fired up. And they went after anyone who was part of the film, who's interviewed in it, um, who reviewed it well. They were trying to attack them, but it's like they have so much secrecy and control over their members, but they don't have it over film critics. Like, I think if you are a film critic, I'm not talking in a Scientology sense, but like just in a broader sense, you've pissed off so many people in your career, like because you're criticizing people's life work. So I imagine you'd have to be pretty thick skinned to begin with, but they're trying to like threaten them. They're like, no. Well, no, I mean, the, the stalking and harassment that they put their ex-members or detractors or suppressive persons through is some of the scariest shit I could imagine. They, like, one of the, like, ex-lieutenants who's his wife had to, like, file suit against the church for, like, stalking and harassing her for years. Like, if you had, like, angry paparazzi outside of your house every moment for years, they rented the house across the street from them, spied on them constantly, Yell them oh. and take pictures of them. That is in fucking saint. The commitment, like the cost that they sink into just punishing people is beyond. Yeah, actually, sorry, I should clarify. Most people who try to leave the religion, it becomes terrifying for them. They become scared for their lives, scared for their families' lives. What I mean by them not being able to go after everyone is they didn't have the bandwidth to go after every everyone. single Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, anyone of the former members who spoke out in the documentary, yeah, they did terrible, terrible things, like ch- chase them, yeah, tried to um, hack their computers, like blackmail them, do violence, all kinds of things. But I'm saying, like, it was such a big documentary, like, they couldn't go after every single critic, every single person yeah. who wrote a blog post about it. Like, it was just. And yet they tried to. Like, they're so insane. Like, I, I know you're not, like, 
saying it like anything to support them, but it's just like the people that came forward in any way, critics, people in the movie, they're still brave. Like they had to be so brave to do this and to know that there was such a high chance of having like retribution brought against you for years. Like, oh yeah. Oh, big time. No, it's terrifying. If you're investigating this and you're learning about it and you're learning about just how terrifying it is, speaking out is bold. It doesn't matter if you're even a blogger or even, you know, the smallest person on the internet, because there is a chance that they're going to go after you. And that does take a lot to stand up. And that's why overall this documentary was pretty well received. But I was shocked to read this criticism from this Guardian article. This journalist Brian Moylan described going clear as entertaining and dismaying. He criticized its reliance on a small group of defectors and the lack of any involvement by the Scientology church, which makes the film a bit one-sided, and that he said it was easy to be skeptical about some of the more outlandish claims made by former members. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy a Scientologist? I tried to research him and all he's written about for years is Real Housewives and Bravo. I was like, <laughs> he's one of us, but he's like, not welcome but here. I know he's not one of us because we, know, well, there's many talks to people in the Bravo fandom, but I'm like, is this guy being paid off by Scientology? Like, and also the Guardian tends to be a very reputable source of being like, yeah. oh, it's so one-sided. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's they, about a violent cult <laughs> like like david miscavige people say your wife is missing but like what do you like do you think she's just chilling at home like they didn't yeah like people say scientology like is mean but like are you guys actually nice yeah like let's hear your statement <laughs> yeah like were the mattresses that you made people sleep on for three hours were they really wet or just a little misty you know because that happens <laughs> at sea like what the what does yeah. it mean by one-sided <laughs> it's so wild for me to see that and i guess just because i'm a guardian girly okay that's something oh yeah know I, love, I know i love the guardian but love I the mean... guardian but this was just i guess that's why it was just shocking to me because i was just trying to get a sense of how is this film received and then to see that one of the people being like did you really consider all sides? It's like you don't have to look far to find a like probably white British guy who's a not all men fucking loser. You know, that's like, true. It's that's not... true. <laughs> I shouldn't be so shocked. I'm like someone who watches Bravo has problematic <laughs> beliefs. Like <laughs> I never. I'm watching my pearls. Yeah, <laughs> that's never happened in the history of my viewing on the internet. Uh, yeah. So. This is this is a big mess. Um, there is so much more to the story of Scientology and where it is today and so many more people involved. And, you know, we're here to cover Going Clear. If you want to hear more about Scientology, if you guys would like us to cover more of where it is today, Leah Remini's series that she's done on it, let us know because we can continue the story if you guys want to hear more because this does not end in 2015 by any means as much as you said sam it is still it's in its flop era but there's they're <laughs> still trying to slay as best they can <laughs> their slayage grows weaker and weaker <laughs> like, but they're still I, yeah they're still swinging like they're <laughs> i know i can see why they their only move against this documentary was to take a full page ad and beg people not to watch it because once people watch this, 
they're out. Like I can't imagine one single person, no matter how brainwashed they are, who's seen this movie in full, who would still be an active member of this church. Like I wonder. Tom, Tom like, Cruise, John Travolta. Yeah, but they haven't. I guarantee they haven't watched it. Like, right? There's no way because within Scientology, they're always saying like it's classic cult stuff. Don't read the internet. Don't listen to what other people are saying. They're all liars. They're all people that haven't been cleared. Yeah, and this is just like how I feel that anyone who could still defend Michael Jackson this year, they just haven't seen the documentary. They just haven't seen it. If you are riled up by that statement, please watch Leaving Neverland. It is one of the most horrifying, sickening documentaries I've ever seen. Um, I, yeah, I can't even like stomach covering it here because it was so, so deeply upsetting to watch but also it's just as a former as a former like big michael jackson and and jackson five fan like it was necessary viewing yeah that's all i have to tell myself is like i don't think people are often knowingly evil like or support evil things like i think that they're just in denial and like that's what this author of the book going clear the what is it scientology in the prison of belief something like that like he he's like i've studied many cults and like the thing that unites all of them is this like crushing certainty that like you're right and everyone else is wrong and like you're not open to hearing dissenting views anymore yeah that's how they get you lost vulnerable people they're saying we have solutions for you that will make life better Mm -hmm. when they have nowhere else to turn so yeah i don't blame anyone for getting sucked into this um it's just like, yeah, life is crazy. And this is how cults happen. This is how fascism happens. It's just people confidently saying that they have the solutions. Yeah. Yeah. This was an intense topic. But thanks for staying with us, guys. Sure was. Yeah. Thanks for voting for this over Jersey Shore, um, which we will <laughs> we will need to cover in uh, some future times because I need I need to, like, come up for air for this madness. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> love you guys. See you soon. Bye. This podcast is produced by me, Emily Rose, hosted by the Sonar Network and edited by Solomon Krauss Imla. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave me a five-star review. See you next week. Au revoir, mes amours. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.